This paid program may not represent the views of Hubbard Broadcasting Incorporated or Federal News Network. Statements and opinions of this broadcast are solely those of individual contributors or advertisers as indicated. Federal News Network does not take responsibility for the statements or opinions and accepts no responsibility or liability for any inaccuracy, errors, or omissions reported during this program. Welcome to Executive Leaders Radio. In this hour, you'll hear directly from our region's finest business leaders. Through each of the interviews, these high-achieving leaders become relatable role models who share how they were able to build their enterprise, their personal secrets of success, about leadership styles and opportunities that lie ahead. Prepare to be inspired and entertained and to hear wisdom unheard elsewhere. Executive Leaders Radio. You're listening to Executive Leaders Radio, broadcast from Petruri Law in Tyson, Virginia. This is your host, Herb Cohen, with my co-host, Joe Applebaum, Potomac Companies, David Kunzman, Petruri Law, Dan Patterson, Brunch Digital, Andrea Dykes, Howard Insurance, and Les Small and Vistage. Les, can you give us a rundown on who we have on the air today, please? Sure, we have Lisa Tompas, partner at Maryland Express, tag and title. We have Clark Kendall, president at Kendall Capital. We have Javier Solis and Maria Solis. Javier, founder and CEO, and Maria is COO at Los Taxis Franchise, and Crystal Bauer, Boyer, excuse me, at President and CEO at National Children's Museum. Let's get to know our first guest, Lisa Tompas, who is partner in Merlin Express Tags and Title. Lisa, what is Merlin Express Tags and Title? What are you guys doing? We provide motor vehicle services for the general public and the businesses. Mm-hmm. Uh, we Focus on exceptional customer service and problem mm-hmm. solving. And uh, how large or small is the team and how many locations do you have? We have seven locations and uh, 23 employees. And where are you from originally? Uh, Philadelphia. Mm-hmm. Was it a row house in Philadelphia? Yes. Uh-huh. How many brothers and sisters do you have? I have two, one brother, one sister. Your I'm the youngest. Youngest of three. And uh, how young were you when you started making money? Ten. And what were you doing? Selling flowers for my grandmother. Who's, whose idea was that? My grandmother's. Uh, it was your grandmother's idea, and you were selling flowers. All right, Andrea. I understand that Grandma also employed several other family members. What did you do different than the others on the team? Well, I was aggressive and uh, motivated to sell the most flowers, I guess. Uh, wait a minute. You, you, you remember being aggressive and wanting to sell the most flowers, and you're 10 years old, huh? Yes. How'd you go about doing that? I learned how to sell flowers to my customers by uh, showing them the benefit for buying them and uh, expressing um, how beautiful they looked when they purchased them. Did it work? Yes. Uh-huh. How do you know it worked? How do you know? How'd you figure out what worked and what didn't work? Well, I ended up with the most sales. Oh, uh, so I guess it worked, Daniel. Yeah, so uh, you mentioned in the green room that uh, you, you ran track. Tell us a little bit about, about your, your experience running track when you were in high school. It was a competitive sport uh, where we uh, uh, ran against other teams. It brought out the uh, team effort, and I enjoyed the sport. So, so team was a big part, but what other kind of personality traits to, did you kind of bring to that team? It was competitive. Mm-hmm. So it was the competitive. And wh- what's this competitive and this camaraderie thing have to do with building a business? I think it's important to have both uh, to establish a team effort and uh, set the goals to for you guys for the team to accomplish. Mm-hmm. David, um, you mentioned you run the business with your husband. Yes. Okay. Uh, so, who runs the operation? I do. And uh, do you, how do you bring efficiency to the operation? 
Well, I think it's important to uh, pay attention to details uh, and timelines and uh, goals. Did you mention uh, one of the reasons you enjoyed track was because you were faster than everybody else? And I'm trying to figure out how that personality traits helps helps build the business. Well, not faster than everyone, but uh, I did participate. Uh, I, I always want to uh, pull my own weight, so I like being a part of the team effort and achieving a goal. You like being part of the team effort and achieving the goal. All right. And does that play into your building the business? Yes. What do you mean? We stress at our company that everyone plays an important role uh, at the company, uh, no matter how big or small. Mm -hmm. uh, it's a joint effort. In mm -hmm. order for us to be successful, we all have to participate. Mm -hmm. Andrew, did you have a question about mom or something other thought there? Yeah, mom worked for the government, but uh, later in life she decided to become a pastor. Uh, what do you bring uh, to work as a pastor in, in, in your day-to-day? -day? Well, I think uh, morals and ethics are very important in the business world as well. Um, integrity is very important, and I think uh, that helped me to be more uh, profound in that area. So you, you you find mom was a pastor. Did you ever did you ever sit as a as a congregation when mom was the pastor? Yes. And how'd she impress you? What do you remember about that experience? She was very inspirational. Um, I felt very proud to be a daughter to hear her speak and inspire others. Uh huh. You uh, you bringing that to work by any chance? The fact that um, she was inspirational. Yes, mm -hmm. uh, we do try to inspire our employees, uh, bring out the best in them, uh, try to set the example mm -hmm. because we, we want them to succeed. So we have to set that bar and set the example as well. Daniel? So we know that your, your grandmother kind of got you into the flower selling business, but what else did your grandmother teach you growing up? <laughs> well, she was her own person. Um, she thought outside of the box. She went against the grain because um, she had other businesses as well. So she she didn't let limitations. She didn't have self-imposed limitations. Sure. And, um, well, you mentioned that she took you guys to kind of operas and plays growing up. What? Why was she doing that? Just for the exposure to give a different uh, perspective of life and uh, a different than what she was raised with. Sure. Do you think those kind of different perspectives that you were taught from an early age, how, how does that affect how you run your business nowadays? We also try to think outside the box, give different perspectives, look at uh, the business in um, various ways, um, be creative, and uh, marketing uh, strategies have been uh, enhanced by that thought process. Uh-huh. So, um, is your mom aware? Is your mom still around nowadays? Yes. Uh huh. Does she know what you're doing for a living? Yes. She's surprised. Yes. Why? <coughs> she she believes in uh, just, uh you know she's not a real big risk taker mm -hmm. so uh, she believes in you know working for a living which mm -hmm. is fine uh, so she didn't really think I was gonna make this step. Uh huh. So, uh, do you think business is risky? Yes. Uh huh. Why? It's a chance that you do take. You there are no guarantees, and um, 
your own success or your own failure. So you're not relying on anyone else. Uh-huh. So. Uh-huh. Interesting. Les, what are you thinking? Yeah, what's the youngest of three? What impact does that have in terms of the pecking order in your family? Yeah. Some said I was spoiled. Um, spoiled, meaning what? I got my way or, you know, got to do things that they didn't weren't allowed to do, but I never felt that way. So uh-huh. how did you feel? Um, I felt I had a lot to prove, you know, because I was the youngest. Um, you know, I have shoes to fill with my brother, my sister. They, you know, had their own lives and paths that um, became successful. So I had a lot to uh, look forward to uh, trying, trying to achieve. Mm-hmm. How's that affecting your building this business? I guess the same is always trying to do more, um, want to be better. What do you mean always trying to do more? What are you talking about? Trying to be the best. uh, Just want to be uh, better than I am. So it's always you're competing against yourself, it seems. Uh, That's what I was picking up, competing against yourself. So that's one of the reasons you want to keep building the business? Yes. How high is up? What's good enough? It's a journey. I don't know if I ever will. I mean, you have milestones in life I think you achieve, but uh, you always can go higher. Uh huh. So you really are competing with yourself. How much better can you be and how much further can you, how much further can you build the business? What's the best part about running your own business? What's the best part of that? Being your own boss. Mm-hmm. I do like that. What what do you like about that? You control it. Um, mm-hmm. You can determine. You make your own, set your own um, plan, your own ideals, uh, and it's up to you. Mm-hmm. You know, you take full accountability and responsibility for it. Mm-hmm. How do you teach that to your daughter? Mm-hmm. Definitely teach that responsibility and accountability. Uh, I teach her to be her own person. However, she is always have to be accountable for her own actions. Mm-hmm. What's the website address of this organization known as Merlin Express Tags and Title? MDExpressTags.com. You've been, we've been speaking with Lisa Tompas, who's partner in Merlin Express Tags and Title here on Executive Leaders Radio. Don't forget to visit our website. It's ExecutiveLeadersRadio.com to learn more about our executive leaders. It's executiveleadersradio.com to learn more about our executive leaders. We'll be back in a moment, right after this break. And your name is? Ramon Parker. And Ramon, the name of the organization? Loudon Free Clinic. And you were telling me there's some something special about the Loudon Free Clinic where every dollar that goes in does something else. What was that all about? Yeah, it does something magical. So for every dollar that's donated to our clinic, we can deliver $8 worth of care. And what kind of clinic is this? Who are, you, who are you helping out? What kind of stuff do you guys do? So we're helping out those who are 18 to 64 who are uninsured and low income, 200% or below the federal poverty level. And give me this thing about the math again. Give me how that works. So essentially, I have a, a staff of 12 individuals and 128 volunteers. So with that kind of payer mix, I'm able to deliver you know, 
anywhere from eight dollars uh, in care for our patients. Because you've been able to enroll the support of so many volunteers, you're actually keeping the cost of health care down, and therefore multiplying the dollars and making one of the, one of the best business investments for private corporations who want to invest. And didn't ah interesting. So private businesses and individuals can get involved. And didn't you Absolutely. tell me you had a couple of health care challenges yourself? What were they? I have. I've had four open heart surgeries, and mm-hmm. it helps me to understand what patients need. What are you talking about? What do you mean? So the idea of having been on the table or being a patient, I'm able to take a patient focus in how we deliver care differently than most people would. What do you, what do you learn from those experiences personally? What do you appreciate that most of us don't? I appreciate consistency. Um, I think that a, a staff at the hospital, nurses, providers, mm-hmm. parents, mm-hmm. family, all those people consistently being around me and consistently offering me hope. Uh, I'm so full of it that I have to offer that to the patients and to the staff when I'm working with them. What's the website address for the Loudon Free Clinic? Loudonfreeclinic.org. Let me have that one more time. L-O-U-D-O-U-N freeclinic.org. We've been speaking with your name again? Ramon Parker. And this has been your Business Spotlight. This is John Schuhart. Join us, joining us for our Business Spotlight is Barry File. Who are you with, Barry? I'm with Celebrate Fairfax, a 501c3 nonprofit in Fairfax, Virginia. And what do you do with uh, Celebrate Fairfax? I am very fortunate to be the president and CEO of the organization. So what does Fairfax, or excuse me, Celebrate Fairfax do? We have a mission to celebrate Fairfax County and its communities. We serve the 1.1 million people who live in the county and as well as all the people who uh, visit and work there. So uh, what do you enjoy about working at Celebrate Fairfax? It is the best job in the world. It is. We come to work every day, my team and I. And we get to prepare and plan and produce events for 75,000, 100,000 people. And we treat them like, we think of them like, like they're our, our friends. So, so we get to come in and, and just plan great events for them. What makes those events so special? We try to be unique uh, within this region especially, but we're always trying to stretch the envelope of what people expect from events. People go to events because they want to have great experiences. And for us, we are always trying to give them that return on investment because they're not giving us necessarily a lot of money when they come to our event, but they are giving us their time and their energy, and that's an important thing. People want that ROI back. So did you ever think you'd be doing this when you were a kid? No, never. I, I think that when I was a kid, I, I, was, I was building things, designing things, and somewhere along the line I fell into events and realized that it was a natural extension for me, that I just loved producing things. So what was it about being a kid that led you to this? Um, I think that it was just the challenges that were there. I always tried to figure out solutions to problems that didn't exist, and uh, that's what we do now. It's, it's the same principle. So when do you first start overcoming big challenges as a kid? Uh, I think I always was. Uh, I think that uh, I lived in a household with two older kids, parents who had their own things going on, and I think for me I just always uh, tried to find my own way. What's your website? Our website is CelebrateFairfax.com. This is John Schuhart, and this has been your Business Spotlight. We're back. You're listening to Executive Leaders Radio. This is your host, Herb Cohn. We'd like to introduce Clark Kendall, who's president of Kendall Capital. Clark, what is Kendall Capital? What are you guys doing? Uh, Kendall Capital is a fee-only financial planning investment management firm. Uh-huh. How, uh, how large or how small is this organization? Uh, we manage uh, slightly less than $300 million. We have eight employees. We manage for about 200 families. Wow. And where are you from originally? I'm a native Washingtonian, fourth-generation Washingtonian. Uh-huh. How many brothers and sisters, and where are you in the pecking order? I am one of four boys. I'm the third third boy in the pecking order. Uh-huh. 
And eight to fourteen years old. How young were you when you were? How, how young were you when you started making money? Well, I at the age of twelve, I had twelve grass cutting jobs um, within my neighborhood. Wait a minute, you had twelve grass cutting jobs when you were twelve. It sounds like it was pretty well organized. It sounds like you're a pretty organized kind of guy. Well, you know, two to three yards a day um, kept me busy, uh-huh. um, but. You know, it only took about two hours. So it sounds like you also are pretty good at measuring things and monitoring things. Uh, t- tell me, what, what would you do with that money? Well, I back in the 70s, only made five bucks a yard and uh, took me a couple of weeks. But then I, I had the coolest Schwinn bike in the neighborhood after about two weeks. Uh-huh. And then I started putting it into the old savings account. And then what happened? Well, then my dad saw that I was putting... Uh, money into the savings account and he introduced me to buying stocks and so at the uh, ripe young age of middle school I was going to shareholder meetings and talking about return on equity and dividend yield you went to shareholder meetings when you were a teenager I did I went alongside my dad and it was interesting I learned a lot uh-huh mm-hmm. what's that have to do with what you're doing now oh it looks like it has everything to do with what you're doing nowadays what's the connection there well the connection it was a passion it was really a passion of understanding how the equity markets and financial markets work and i really went to college and after college followed mm-hmm. that passion andrea in the green room we were talking about your brothers three or four and uh, they're all very different but you mentioned they're all very successful how do you define success well, th- that is, you know, a difficult question. And you'd think it, in the financial business, you'd measure it quantitatively. But I think success is making a difference in other people's lives. And you can do that. You know, one brother is a fireman and an EMT. And Lord knows he does that on a daily basis. He's repeatedly making a difference in people's lives. Tell, tell me more about success in, in your life and in your business. Well, the success is, I think one of the great success I, I have is the ability to look at life backwards. And many a times I've sat um, next to a client or at a client's actual funeral, and when children have come about up to me and said, you know what, you made a difference in mom and dad's life because they enjoyed the last 20 years of their life. They gave money to charities, they gave money t- to their children, mm-hmm. And they had comfort to live and, and to vacation mm-hmm. like they wouldn't have been able to do on their own. Mm-hmm. That's making a difference. Daniel? So um, you, we know that you were uh, the, the three or four brothers, but you know how, how are you different from your brothers? Um, to say I'm, c- quite frankly, different, I mean, I think we all have the passion for helping other people, but we've all followed different passions. Uh-huh. One, as I mentioned, is a fireman. Uh-huh. One's an accountant. But you're not seeing a lot of real differences there. We ha- you have with you Nina Smith. Uh, Nina, what is your role in the organization? I'm the marketing manager uh-huh. at Capital. Tell, tell us a little bit about, you know, I get the sense that Clark's the kind of guy that, you know, likes oneness as opposed to separation and as opposed to finding differences, find similarities. How's that affecting him building the business? considering you're working in the business um, he it absolutely, absolutely tri- trickles into the business um, there's eight of us we all have different backgrounds different skills different career levels but he treats us all the same we all then it trickles into us and treat we treat each other the same and we all have the same common goal of growing the business treating our clients well and um, enjoying the journey so it sounds like it's a pretty tight-knit team it is um, it's eight of us as I said uh-huh. and um, all What's different ages and uh-huh. backgrounds, but very tight. He's able to weave it all together. David, what are you thinking? Um, question, uh, what is the difference between middle class and middle class millionaire, Clark? 
I think the difference between a middle class, middle class millionaire comes down to their heart. Middle class millionaires are determined to make a difference in somebody else's life. And we see this, they start saving 529s to send their children to college. They start saving a retirement account so that they and their spouse can enjoy a, a, a healthy retirement. They buy life insurance in case someone might die. I think that is the thought process. They're disciplined. They forego current consumption, you know, to have financial security to meet their long-term goals and objectives for other people. Lester? Yeah, you had mentioned that when you were a kid, your dad's taking you to, sh to shareholder meetings. Um, so he was also in investment management? No, dad was uh, in the computer data processing business, and he was adamant about none of us working for him. Why was that important for him? It was important for him because he wanted us to follow our passion. He didn't want us to go into the data processing business because he was in it. So you he didn't even have a chance to work with him? Never had the chance to work with him. Huh. And, and uh, mom, what was she doing? Mom was a full-time uh, mother who uh, raised four boys, and she'll tell you that was a time-and-a-half job for her. Yeah. So what do you take from both of them that you apply today? Um, you know, first of all, I live by the philosophy, success is not a destination, it's the journey, and mm -hmm. to enjoy the journey. Secondly, you know, success is measured not by your bank account, but here again, how we can make a difference in other people's lives. Whose voice is that that we're uh, channeling? I think that's, that's a voice of both my mother and my father. Yes. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, Daniel, what are you thinking? I'm kind of curious. You, you mentioned some some of your favorite interview questions. Uh, wh what's one of those that, that you like to ask potential employees? When, when hiring potential employees, I've been told by Nina and the, the crew that, that I'm a tough interviewer. I do look for two things. One is you need a technical skill, whether that's the financial planning or the investment management. But you also need to have in your heart that you're a giver. I'm looking for people that are passionate, that will help out with yeah. the PTA, that will... Why is that important to you? Because when they... If you have an employee that just focuses on themselves, um, that doesn't create a successful organization. If we can take care of other people, um, the business will grow and money will come to us tenfold. Clark, are, are you married? I am married. Do you have any kids? We have four children. Wow. Uh, what do you? What, what kind of similarities do you see between you know, being a father and, and being the, the president of, of this company? I, I think also I consider myself just kind of an advisor to kind of push them and show them confidence uh, that they can reach their goals. Are you talking about your dream. kids or your team? I, actually, it's both the same. It is very much a simil similarity. You see a similarity between being a dad and being a boss? I Very much so. Now, give me that again. What's the similarity there? I think we are a motivator, a coach, to help them reach their potential. Uh-huh. Nina, does that come through from your end? I mean, you know, you get stuck working with them. What's that feel like? It He's going to, he's, Clark's going to say I'm brown nosing because I tell him this all the time, but I, it definitely comes through and we, I can speak for the rest of my team and uh, honestly say we love working for him and learn so much. Um, well, wait, 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 wait. You, when you say you love working for him, so you guys have a personal, rela I thought business was like blood and guts, but you have a personal relationship? Yeah, I like to chat with him. He's got a, a lot of um, good stories to tell, a lot of information and, um, yeah. Is that what he does in terms of counseling his clients as well, the same kind of stuff that he's doing with his team, with his team, building his team? Yeah, it's all about building relationships, and that's why our clients trust 
us and him and continue to work with us. Do you think he's wise? I do. Do you respect his judgment? I do. Really, I, it's interesting because I th- I see I read the newspapers as people suing business people suing people employees suing employers but it sounds like you guys really have a pretty close relationship like you did with his brothers but it sounds to me like that's what you really need in in, in your business is you know you need people with wisdom because that's what isn't that what you're providing Clark am I am I mistaken or we know the technical skills but and we help them fulfill their dreams and goals and objectives is what we do. So you're not measuring success by dollars, you're measuring success by what? By having people meet their goals and dreams. By how, so you're helping them identify their goals and dreams. You're helping bring out what are your goals and dreams and helping them meet them. Well, wh- what's your website address for this organization known as Kendall Capital? It's kendallcapital.com and also on Amazon is the Middle Class Millionaire, Simple Strategies to Grow and Enjoy your wealth. Let me hear the name of that book that uh, you recently wrote again. Middle Class Millionaire, Simple Strategies to Grow and Enjoy Your Wealth. Yeah, this, we've been speaking with Clark Kendall, president of Kendall Capital, here on Executive Leaders Radio. We'll be back in a moment right after this break. Your name is? Brendan Herbert. And the name of the organization? Infinity Wellness Partners. And what is Infinity Wellness Partners? We're a corporate wellness provider based here in Washington, D.C. And what do you do for your clients? We provide comprehensive wellness programs. And what, what, what do you mean by a comprehensive wellness program? So everything uh, on-site and online, we bring activity classes, workshops, staff-wide challenges, and health coaching are four major aspects. So your clients are the corporations that bring you in to provide these wellness programs for their employees. Absolutely. Do they get a return on their investment? Uh, they sure do. Between 3 and $5 over a five-year period for comprehensive programs. And how would they get that return on investment? What's that made up of? Uh, well, our programs are made up of, like I mentioned before, you know, everything from one-on-one coaching and different levels of engagement to uh, staff-wide you know, walking challenges or weight loss challenges. And the benefit to the company is that they've got healthier and happier employees that stick around longer? Absolutely. More loyalty, less absenteeism, more productivity, um, you name it, all the benefits, all the value. How long have you been doing this? Uh, six years. And what do you enjoy about this? Um, I enjoy the one-on-one contact. I originally started as a one-on-one health coach and pro- now and be able to touch many more lives through our corporate what, programs. What do you mean a one-on-one health coach? What's a one-on-one health coach do? Uh, helping with behavior change, um, looking at all aspects of life to, to try to help with their So if I've got some personal issues going on, like I like to lose <laughs> weight or whatever it might be, you would be talking to me about that stuff? I'd probably recommend you to one of our teammates, huh. one of our team members. That's sort of interesting. That's really neat. What, what's, the, what's the name of this organization again? Infinity Wellness Partners. What's your website address? Uh, it's infinitywellnesspartners.com. Let me have that one more time. Infinitywellnesspartners.com. And this has been your business spotlight. And your name is? Chuck Ockeltree. And Chuck, what organization are you with? The National Conference Center and West Belmont Place Event Center. Uh-huh. And what makes this organization special? The National Conference Center was built um, to be the nation's premier uh, meeting and event venue. Um, It's not a traditional hotel. Mm -hmm. So even though we have 900 guest rooms and all the services and amenities of a traditional hotel, Mm -hmm. because of our size, Mm -hmm. we're able to uh, deliver um, an environment that is very conducive to uh, learning, development. And who are your clients? Our clients are uh, many of the, the corporate 100, corporate 500, as well as uh, because of our location in Leesburg, Virginia, mm-hmm. we do a lot of business with Washington, D.C. Uh, government agencies. Mm-hmm. And what do you like about your job? 
What I like about uh, is we've had the opportunity to bring new leadership to the National Conference Center, blend with the tremendous service team that's built a reputation over the years uh, for great service. And uh, we've had a lot of fun um, helping our clients take advantage of the 65-acre campus. How about you personally? What, what do you enjoy about your job? I enjoy that, that we've uh, had a very, very, very successful turnaround in mm-hmm. uh, the two and a half years, mm-hmm. uh, taking the National Conference Center uh, from where it was in mm-hmm. 2014 with Excellent. the new, uh, new ownership. We've literally doubled the revenue. And what's, so. your, what's your role in the organization again? Uh, my role is Chief Marketing Officer. And what's that mean? It, good question. It means that uh, uh, we're involved with branding, mm-hmm. uh, everything to do with the sales, the marketing, the promotion, and um, the business development. So you're actually going out there and you're actually involved with helping bring in the clients. Exactly, yes. And I guess the way you're doing that is you're actually talking to a lot of the clients, making sure that you know your services are valuable. We talk to a lot of the clients and we do a lot of uh, events What's as well. What's the website address of the organization? www.conferencecenter.com. Let me have that one more time www.conferencecenter.com. This has been your business spotlight. We're back. You're listening to Executive Leaders Radio. This is your host, Herb Cohn. We'd like to introduce Javier Solis and Maria and his wife, Maria, founder and CEO. Javier is founder and CEO. Maria is COO of Lost Taxes Franchise. What is Lost Taxes Franchise? What are you guys doing? Well, Lost Taxes is the first Latino um, franchise of income tax reparation in the nation. We basically provide all the tools, the resources for anybody to just uh, prepare taxes. And uh, how large or small is your organization? We have uh, 40 units in nine states. Uh, 40 franchises in nine states. And where are you from originally? I'm from Ecuador. Uh Uh-huh. How many brothers and sisters? Uh, I have one big brother and younger sister. Uh, Older brother and a younger sister. All right. Andrea? Javier, you studied computers in college. How did you end up in the tax preparation business? Well, um, first uh, year that I came in December, I saw this uh, 1040 booklet, and uh, I became very interested. So I started doing by hand uh, my uh, uncle's taxes, my mother's back in the days, and I liked it. I liked the challenge of following all the directions on the form. Mm-hmm. Daniel? Yeah, so we know you came to the U.S. Uh, when you were 22. But why exactly did you come to the U.S.? Well, my mother was here, and um, we it was a family decision that uh, between my brother and I that uh, she needed to come back to the to Ecuador because uh, uh, she was going through a lot of why um, did she come? To th- why was she in the United States to begin with? Uh, we were not financially stable, um, and uh, she came to um, send give money us a better back. life. So your mom came to the United States alone in order to be able to earn money to send it back to Ecuador? That's correct. And you came to the United States to what, come get your mom? Yeah, the plan was to stay here, work, yeah. and uh-huh. she will go back to uh, uh-huh. my family. Uh-huh. So you were trying to kind of take over the burden from your mom having to provide for the family, and you wanted to take that on instead? Mm-hmm. Definitely, yes. David? When you came to America, you started working in a restaurant, and something happened. Tell us about mm-hmm. that. Well, yeah, um, I had to take the job, and, and that was something that uh, people told me, whatever you're going to work, tell them that you know. And I didn't even know how to map, but uh, they told me, you know, you know how to do this? Yes, I know, I know, I know, uh, and I had to learn. But there was this, uh, the, ma- the manager, uh, a very compassionate uh, person that uh, really liked me because, well, I, I <laughs> uh, he had some issues with the computers, and since I graduated in my college, uh, I'm in my country from uh, computers, I helped him 
uh, with all these things. So he kind of saw that I was uh, a little different and uh, was really nice to me. And what did you do differently at that job than others? Um, I was supposed to um, fix the store with all the food, uh, cans, and the uh, freezer. But um, it didn't take the eight hours to do that. So uh, once I was uh, done, I went to the kitchen to help the uh, chef, to help uh, everybody. And uh, I became knowledgeable of all the different stations in the restaurant. So did when anybody will um, be absent, I will cover that. Did position. you get paid extra for doing all that other oh stuff? No. No, you could have no, gone no. outside and been smoking cigarettes or something. Why did you do that extra work without getting paid anything more? Um, I was bored. And, and, and I knew that other people would just go to the uh, um, storage area and so sit you, there. So you're nature. You like working. Yeah. Uh -huh. yeah. David, what else are you thinking there? Uh, you mentioned you had another mentor uh, mm -hmm. in, in your life, and that's life itself. It, it was that. not easy to come to uh, a system where you don't know the language, you don't know the system itself, you don't know the government, and um, and then you are nobody because, I mean, people just mind their own businesses and they don't care what you need. They don't uh -huh. care uh, so you why you came here. Way. Maria, yeah. where are you from originally? I'm from El Salvador. Uh -huh. How young were you when you came to the United States? I was 16. Uh-huh. Why'd you come to the United States? Civil War. El Salvador suffered almost 22 years. What was going on there? What did you see? Well, um, I saw a lot of, of these people killing people, taking us to the park, and showing us what they've done if we didn't mm -hmm. uh, do whatever they said. So you were 16 years old. You came to the United States in November, if I remember correctly, and you went into high school. I so, did. So... Um, English was not your native language, Spanish was. So you started school in November, your native language being Spanish. That must have been pretty difficult. It was. It was very challenging. Uh huh. What did you learn from that experience? Is anything to do with building a business? <sighs> Definitely. It was a teaching experience for me, for life, um, because I had to adjust. So whatever it's put in front of me, we just have to adjust. Uh, like you said, English was not my first language, so I had uh -huh. to adjust and learn as quickly I, I as I could. I understand that earlier we were talking, and Javier told us that um, you pray. And I'm trying to figure out, what's that have to do with building a business? It's everything to me. It's everything for us now, and uh, because it gives us wisdom. Um, I was brought up uh, having God in my heart, and that whatever decision we make, so we always pray, even when we do any event at the corporate level, we encourage all the franchisees also to pray before we eat, pray before, before we make any decisions. So it is a fundamental thing in our lives. Prayer is. Yes, it is. Uh-huh. Um, Lester? Yeah, let's come back to, to mom. Um, she was working three jobs, uh, sending money back, um, and you come over. And you want to take her place in essence and, and, and enable her to go back. Did she, in fact, go back? No. She um, stood with me. Um, uh, we were, um, <laughs> we moved to a basement. Uh, uh, we were in one bed um, together because we didn't make it enough money. But um, she was with me for five more years. And uh, she will come to college with me to the student activities and all that stuff. So, so we became a so couple. So you guys, you you guys, you came to America. You guys didn't have any money. You moved into a one-bedroom apartment. You slept in the same bed because you didn't have any money. Well, is your mom I aware of what you're doing nowadays? 
Oh, she is. And she cries all the time, you know, because we went through much. I wish it was an apartment. We were in the basement of the one of these big old buildings uh -huh. in the Bronx. Uh-huh. Is your mom, your mom's in the United States? She is in my country, in Ecuador. In Ecuador. Has she been to your office? No, no. How do you think she feel if she um, came to your office? Well, she sees all the interviews I've been in. TV How do you many, think many she'd times. feel if she came to your office? Oh my God, she she will cry um, because she will never th thought that uh, uh, one of her sons will will do what I'm doing. Mm -hmm. What's the similarity between your mom and your wife? Uh, my mother back then was my backbone, uh, and she will support anything that I will do. And your wife? And uh, she does the same thing. I mean, every time, sometimes when you are running uh, a company, there is so much on your mind, and um, she's the one that that calms me down. She's like, uh, "Don't worry." Things Who? Are your be mother okay. or your wife? My wife. Yeah. Uh huh. Mm. And Maria, what wha wha what's special about Javier? Wow, he's. I have no words to describe, but. I think I, I always tell him that he brings out the best of me because he's always um, non-stoppable. Whatever it's put in front of him, he will just take the challenge and he has done with me. Um, it sounds like that's the two of you. I mean, you know, you had to go learn, you had to learn English when you came over here when you were uh, 16. It sounds like the two of you are unstoppable. It sounds like you really appreciate each other also. We do. Uh-huh. What else you thinking, Andrea? It's evident that between prayer and, and family and togetherness that you've created this culture. Uh, tell us how that culture plays into your business today. Well, um, it's, it's difficult to really understand the Hispanic uh, culture because there are so many cultures within the Latino community. And uh, it has been a challenge to learn that. Uh, I had to close down uh, my first business because I, I didn't understand the Dominican culture. And after that, uh, you become familiar with all the uh, uh, the people around you. Uh -huh. um, Do you feel like your Mexicans. team is your family? Oh, definitely. Uh, I I believe that um, if you... Isn't if that a little strange? I thought, you know, the name of the game was you fire people if you don't like them and stuff like that. But it sounds <laughs> like, you, like you really build a, a real tight unit there. Am I correct about that? We, I, I believe we are a factory of, um, of entrepreneurs. We have to change lives. I think that is the, what you are. Whose idea was that a factory of entrepreneurs? Was that your idea? It was my idea. Where did that come from? Um, from? From what we have done with uh, our franchisees. Mm -hmm. When they come to you, uh, a person that was I cleaning gotcha. houses. Yeah, and you're making so many things, you know. What's the website address for this, uh, for Lost Taxes franchise? It's lostaxes.com. Spell that one more time. Lostaxes.com. We've been speaking with Javier and Maria Salas. Yes. Uh, Lost Taxes franchise here on Executive Leaders Radio. Don't forget to visit our website, executiveleadersradio.com. Learn more about our executive leaders. We'll be back in a moment right after this business spotlight. I'm Tina Leone. I'm the CEO of the Boston Business Improvement District. And what is the Boston Business Improvement District? We work to attract, support, and connect the most compelling, creative, and ambitious minds in our region. Boston is known as an epicenter for research and discovery. Uh, some of the greatest things that are invented, such as the MRI, the barcode, the internet, 
the first satellite, all were either conceived, funded, or developed by organizations here in Boston. How, how old is this organization? We're just, just shy of six years old. How long have you been there? How long have you been uh, there? Almost six years as well. Did you found this organization? Yes, I, I am the founding CEO. Why did you do that? Well, they, they, the organization actually came about uh, by the commercial property owners in why, Boston. Why, why, why does it turn you on? Why does your gig turn you on? <laughs> people. I mean, we the, the, the ability to connect people and then who knows the next great idea is going to result from that. We have incredible minds in the Washington, D.C. area, and Boston is, as I said, the epicenter for the smartest people in this area. So your job, you're like the master connector. I feel like the mayor of, of Boston, the mayor of innovation, because that's uh -huh. what's happening. So your idea, your, your thought is in order to create more stuff, in order to launch more businesses, in order to cause more good, it's a matter of connecting exactly. the right people. Exactly. And you like being in the middle of all that I, stuff. Oh, we love it. We love it. And simple things, just connecting people through events, through art, uh, through a happy hour. Mm -hmm. You don't know what's going to come out of that. Mm -hmm. That's what's exciting. So it's all about the people. And you're the uh, you're the founder of this organization. Is this a nine to five kind of job oh, for you? Hell no. It's a lot longer uh -huh. than that, baby. So do you have to you have to work the weekends and stuff yeah, like that? Yeah, sure, sure. Let me have the website address of this sure, organization. Bostonbid.com, and, and you can download Boston Connect mobile app. Let me have uh, let me have that website address one more Bostonbid. time. Bostonbid.com. It's B A. Give me the spelling on that. B A L L S T O N B I D dot com. Excellent. Your name again is Tina Leone. And the name of the organization is the Balsam Business Improvement District. And this has been your business spotlight. Back in a moment. One help building your business with help from the show's CEOs. Our CEOs can help you uncover more opportunities, grow your sales, connect you, help you raise money, all the big issues. Because our CEOs have been there and done that. Succeeding in creating millions of jobs and earning millions of dollars. And some are available to advise you. Now, email mentors at executiveleadersradio.com. That's mentors at executiveleadersradio.com. The same CEOs you've heard on the show for 10 years may be willing to help you build your business, uncover new opportunities, grow your sales, connect you, help you raise money, all the big issues, because our CEOs have been there and done that. Succeeding in creating millions of jobs and earning millions of dollars. Some of the CEOs who have appeared on our shows over the last 10 years may be willing to help you grow, assuming you've ser you're serious about your success, serious about your own success, because it all starts with the leader. If you're serious about creating your own successful business or truly committed to putting your nose to the grindstone and doing whatever it takes to make your business successful, we may be able to match you with successful CEOs who have created millions of jobs and earned millions of dollars to help you create your success. We've established unique relationships with a unique universe of over 7,000 CEOs who have created substantial wealth for their companies, their teams, and themselves. These women and men get the build in their blood and often continue to start and build businesses even after they've created substantial wealth for themselves because they love the challenge of building a business. Perhaps we can present you and your business to some of these CEOs to gain their interest in helping you. Now, email mentors at executiveleadersradio.com. That's mentors at executiveleadersradio.com to hopefully match you with some of the CEOs we've had on the show for the last 10 years. Mentors at executiveleadersradio.com. We're back. You're listening to Executive Leaders Radio. This is your host, Herb Cohen. We'd like to introduce Crystal Boyer, President and CEO of National Children's Museum. Crystal, what is National Children's Museum? What are you guys doing? Well, National Children's Museum will reopen this fall, November 1st, at 13th and Pennsylvania Avenue in downtown D.C. 
It will be a 30,000 square foot facility that is focused on teaching STEAM to children and will reach 500,000 children a year. Uh, 500,000 children. Where, where are you from originally? I'm originally from Missouri. I grew up on a farm in the middle of Missouri with four brothers, a sister. My dad had uh, corn, soybean, cows. We had a couple of every animal. We called it Noah's Ark. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Okay. Who's got the next question here? Crystal, how young were you when you first started making money? Well, I worked a little bit on the farm, but when I was 14, it was legal for me to work at a restaurant. So I got a job at a restaurant, really the only good restaurant in our county, and worked there all through high school. Whose idea was that, to go to the restaurant? It was my idea. And why did you choose a restaurant? It was a great restaurant, so you could make good money there, but you had to have straight A's to work there. And so um, it was just a very special community to, to be a part of, and I wanted to work there. Uh, mm. You had to have straight A's to work there. Okay, who's got the next question? Yeah, Mom. Uh, so I understand that Mom was, what, your teacher and a coach? Yes. My mother was a math teacher at the middle school, so she actually taught my sixth grade math class because she was the only one that taught advanced math for that grade. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was a very interesting year. So you must have gotten a lot of special favors as a result. No, it was quite the opposite. Um, I love math, and my mother would never call on me, and she was just a little bit tougher on me than probably some of the other teachers. It was actually the only class I ever got detention in all through school. Hmm. So, uh, I mean, that must have had a big impact on you getting detention from your mother? Yes, it was not a normal detention. She um, had me sweep halls after school while my friends were leaving for the buses. So she was definitely a little tougher on me, but I was normally such a rule follower that um, it certainly left an impression. And I uh, was much, um, I think, better in her class well, after what that. else did your mom do that was kind of unique in the in the community there my mom is just a very special teacher i've had so many people tell me throughout my life that she changed their lives um, she's still a teacher to this day but she would you know bring kids home that needed dinner she would go early to help tutor she um she was just a really special educator and how did that affect you and the way you do what you do today i think that uh watching her make a different pe- difference in people's lives made me want to pursue a career where I could make an impact. What are you talking about? What do you mean? I've spent my entire career working in nonprofits that are focused on helping and educating children. Oh, so you just like your mom, huh? I think I am more and more. Uh Uh-huh. Next question. Who's got it? Um, Yeah, I'm kind of curious. So there was obviously plenty of work to go around on the farm, but what what made you want to get a job at, at, at the restaurant? I really just wanted to be able to um, do all of the things that I was interested in doing and have my own money to do those things. I've always been very social, and so I think um, it was just a a way for me to be independent and um, have my own money. So you you were working on the farm all this time, but you still didn't have any kind of extra money to be able to do the things that you really wanted to do, so that was kind of the the motivation? Yes. Mm and yet money being the motivator and, and now you're in the nonprofit space, tell us how that transition happens. Well, I in the nonprofit space, I've always been able to make a good living, but I'm not driven by that. I really get up every day um, hoping to make a difference and to do something that's going to matter and change the world, hopefully. So that's really what motivates me. Earlier when we were speaking, um, I got this strange sense that it's all about community for you. Am I correct about that? You are correct about that. Uh, where's that coming from? 
Um, I would say that, you know, for my very first job where we worked in this really special place, um, I've always been uh, very interested in making sure that I create a culture for my team that is warm and welcoming. um, And I want that culture to trickle down into the experience that we're creating for children. Mm-hmm. David, the, the, that restaurant you worked at as a teenager, you said the owners treated everyone like family, and they they even had scholarships. Yeah, uh, which I thought it was all about profit. Not for them. I they had no children, and so this wonderful couple that owned the restaurant, they um, really took care of us. Uh, they gave us college scholarships. They gave us holiday bonuses, and took us shopping for our family to get gifts over the holidays. Um, they were just a really uh, special special family. Well, how'd that affect you? Um, I think it taught me to be a kind boss (laughs) from the very beginning. Um, I've always known what kind of leader I wanted to be and how I wanted to manage my team. And I hope that they would say... How how, how young were you when you had that vision about what kind of leader you wanted to be and how you wanted to lead the team? What are you talking about? I think I was pretty young. I was always a leader in my class at school. I think I was my class president every year. Except for my senior year. My mom told me she knew I was not going to live in that same small town that I grew up in. And she said, I would recommend you not be class president your senior year because you'll be in charge of every reunion for the rest of your life. (laughs) And you won't live here. Um, So um, I I think I knew that I would lead in some position. So how young were you when you started leading? Really young. Like what? Give us an example. I I, I can remember in uh, third grade being on the Odyssey of the Mind team, which was a, um, an interesting uh, sort of competition for uh, students at our school. Mm-hmm. And um, What was I your role in that? I wrote the play. I was directing the play um, oh and boy. helping build the structures. So I What's the similarity between that personality trait of writing the play and directing the play and being the president and CEO of the National Children's Museum? Well, I think that the most exciting thing about my job right now is that I have a chance to really be creative, and I was always naturally creative, but then I've uh, gone to business school and really been more on the business side of the nonprofit administration uh, role since Mm -hmm. then, so um, I'm getting to use all all of those skills. Yeah. Yeah. Next question. Who's got it? Dad, what was Dad's, uh, what is it that you took from Dad that you use today? My dad is a very hard worker. and he's a really fun, charismatic guy. And I think that uh, I inject fun and um, humor into everything that we're doing at work and even into my meetings. Um, uh-huh. are, you, are you married or single? I'm married. Uh-huh. And uh, how many years? We've been married seven years. And you have any kids? We have one son. He just turned five last week. Uh-huh. What's the similarity between being a CEO of this organization, National Children's Museum, National Children's Museum and being a mom? Well, since I'm building a children's museum, everything, um, I really see everything that we're doing through my child's eyes and how he would see it to make sure that we're going to be a space that kids enjoy oh and they're inspired by. Oh, my gosh. Is that true? You're looking at what you're doing through your child. That's wonderful. You're looking through the market. You're listening to the market. Yeah, even even the the rest of the team, when we're benchmarking and visiting an exhibit, they'll say, can we bring in Preston? Can he come (laughs) with us to see this? Because it's very helpful to see it through a child's eyes. And he's very 
vocal about what he likes and does not like in various experiences. Uh-huh. Okay, he I calls it. it my museum. <laughs> so he asks me every day how much closer we're getting to building my museum. But our goal is really to create a museum that every child sees as their museum. Um, all right. So you're a mom with a five-year-old and you're doing a startup of an existing entity. So uh, how do you juggle all this stuff? What's the secret to this? Well, I have a really great partner. My husband is uh, definitely a 50-50 parent with me, even though he has a wonderful career as well. Um, And I just, I think I have to be very organized. (laughs) I schedule my time out with my son the same way I schedule a meeting, unfortunately. But I come home, you know, by six o'clock and I try to stay off the computer from six to eight and spend that time with my family. And then when my son goes to bed, I get back on the computer and I can work more, but I really try to devote that time and um, stay focused. So how's this juggling and this understanding of what it takes to live in today's environment, how's this affecting your building the team? I think that I'm really understanding with my team that, um, you know, life is, it's very different now. People are working all the time and I want to make sure that um, you know, when they are at the office from nine to five, I don't expect them to constantly be working. If there's something happening at home that they need to attend to, um, I, I certainly am understanding of that. What's the uh, website address of this organization? It's nationalchildrensmuseum.org. Let me have that one more time. Nationalchildrensmuseum.org. And we've been speaking with Crystal, Crystal Boyer, who's the president and CEO of National Children's Museum here on Executive Leaders Radio. Uh, Les, can you give us a rundown of who else we've had the opportunity of speaking with today? Sure, we have Lisa Tompas, partner at Maryland Express, tags and title, and Clark Kendall, president at Kendall Capital. We have Javier Solis, founder and CEO, and Maria Solis, COO at Los Taxes Franchise, and Crystal Boyer, president and CEO at the National Children's Museum. I would like to thank my co-hosts, including Joe Applebaum, Potomac Companies, David Kunzman, Pretori Law, Dan Patterson, Brunch Digital, Andrea Dykes, Howard Insurance, and Les Small and Vistage for giving me a hand structuring the questions. Hope you're providing our listening audience an educational and entertaining show. David, what is the website address of our host facility today, Pretoria Law in Tysons, Virginia? It's PretoriaLaw.com. That's P-R-O-T-O-R-A-E Law.com. Excellent. Uh, don't forget to visit our website. It's executiveleadersradio.com. That's executiveleadersradio.com to learn more about our executive leaders. Thank you for joining us today and do have a nice day. Bye-bye. Thank you for tuning in. You've been listening to Executive Leaders Radio, the region's premier radio show highlighting local executive leaders. We hope you've enjoyed the show here on 1500 AM. You can learn more about Executive Leaders Radio by visiting executiveleadersradio.com or tune in next time right here on 1500 AM. That's executiveleadersradio.com.